Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Grown Men Watch Kids Shit. I'm your boy, TJ, and I'm here with my main man, Jordan. How's it going, my dude? Man, I got a song in my heart, TJ. Oh, you do? I do, I do. I'm, I'm, I am I'm. cannot stop singing uh, this song called Russian Unicorn. <laughs> yeah, for... <laughs> I was singing, you heard me singing a little bit of it earlier, but man, it's... Uh... It's uh, you. It's it's uh, the the bad lip reading people. You know what I mean mm-hmm. on on YouTube. It's the, it's a Michael Bublé song. It's the I don't know the 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 actual song that it's off of. He's like the video has got him. He's fucking around in a supermarket or something like that. Uh, so still haven't still haven't met you yet. Yeah, that shit. Um, and <laughs> this song, dude, is slaps, man. So so everybody out there, uh, if you haven't seen, I'm sure you have. It's an old video. I remember. I think it was like 2010. The first time I saw it, 2011. I haven't seen it. Uh, well, I sent it to you. So uh, so check it out. But yeah, man, I got I got that song stuck in my head. So I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. Speaking of songs, like I know this is like the ninth episode, but uh, if people aren't listening to at least the intro theme song on like a decent sound system or or good headphones, they are cheating themselves. Because when that bass hits, yeah, yeah, that's that that that's go time music, dude. Like we're like whatever you're doing, like that bass hits. I'm like we're going to fucking Taco Bell. You know what I mean? Like. (laughs) Boom. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, Chalupas for everybody. Smack. Yeah, dude, it's smack. Like what? It makes whatever you're doing better. You know what I mean? It does. I'll be folding it, clothes, and that bass hits. It's like every all the clothes are up in the air and shit like that. <laughs> you know what? And we have we have uh, my boy NPC to thank for that. Yeah, uh, thank you. Thank just you, in thank case you guys don't listen to the credits, which hashtag rude, but. Um, <laughs> I did the hashtag symbol with my fingers, but ain't nobody. I did that. too. Oh, <laughs> that's cute. That's adorable. I like that. Uh, but yeah, uh, fun fact: NPC uh, he actually took my playwriting class, uh, and now he makes music in Chicago. So, like, you know, let's see how well I did. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I help people find their true calling. What's the What's the major dramatic question of this chorus here, sir? Courses, mind yeah. your own fucking business. <laughs> Stay in your lane, you theater nerd. That's what he's right. telling me. Exactly. Uh, how's yeah. your week been, man? Man, my week has been super crispy, the crispiest, actually. the crispy of the crispy. And and, and for two, men, first off, kids are healthy. Uh, Kim's good. Everyone's good over here, so that's great. Uh, but I finally, while I seen the light. I've I've mm-hmm. I've seen the, the 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 bright beautiful wondrous warm light uh, that is Trolls World Tour. Oh Jesus uh, Christ! <laughs> I thought you were going to say something that I cared about. <laughs> <laughs> which which we we will undoubtedly do an episode about, and I will 
absolutely watch that again. Can you tell um, the people how you're harassing me about this movie? Yeah, so so I told TJ, I, I told you, I, I when I finally watched it, I was like, man, I watched Troll, I try, I watched Trolls World Tour, and you're like, and or some some snarky shit like that. I, oh no, you were like, I bet it was shit. That's what you said. <laughs> you were like, I bet it was shit. I said, dude, I said it's fire, and I didn't just say it's fire. I said it's, and then I sent you three fire emojis. Um, and I told like you, like a thirteen-year-old girl, continue. Yeah, hey, there you go. I'm fangirling over this movie. And Love you I, like a sister. And then, <laughs> thanks, brother. Uh, and then I sent you. I sent you. I told you I was going to send you a picture of a troll every day until you watch that movie. And I, I've been, I've been, I've been keeping up on that. So you've I think been faithful. I, I think today, I think today, I sent you Bridget. So kind of a kind of a stretch. Not really a troll, but still. A I was going to ask about that. I was going to call you out on that. But I was going to let you. I was going to let it slide. Here's uh, the deal, man. I got to get all the bullshit out of the way because I got a feeling it's going to be a long time before you watch that movie. So I got to. <laughs> Let me get all these bullshit side characters out of the way. No offense to Bridget, love you, girl, but yeah. So uh, to be to be real with you, uh, I just I'm waiting for that movie to like just come down in price because I'm gonna mm, pay for it. I'm just waiting mm, for it to like come down. Oh in price yeah, because because you, you don't like paying for movies. We talked about that already. Um, Ooh. <laughs> oh, he's making a Sonic episode <laughs> reference. Okay, okay, you got but, jokes, but but more yeah, but more more than trolls too, TJ. Even more than trolls too. There's been one thing that we've been doing that has just that has just I never I never ever thought it would happen, and it's been happening pretty regularly and it has been just making my day so why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what it is you and i have been doing oh you and i have been doing i was about to be like i don't need to know about your and kim's personal <laughs> no that's the other podcast but for this one <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh i have been uh kind of dragging jordan through the mud since 2014 for his obsessive love with call of duty it's been a, yeah yeah you made me feel like shit every year every, like it's like for every, six years every year there's gonna be a new call of duty and tj is gonna make me feel like shit for playing it yeah he's ahead. like i think i'm gonna buy it and i'm like mm, i bet you is going by yeah. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um but then uh as we sitting here at home sitting on our hands you're like yeah. hey uh, it's only like twelve dollars, and I was like, "All right, I, I got, I got, you know, twelve dollars to toss at something." Mm-hmm. And we have, uh, we have temporarily forsaken Red Dead Online to play temporarily, temporarily to play Call of Duty almost but every night for the past two and a half weeks. It, it has been insane. Yes, we have. Yes, we have and it has been glorious we've been playing world war ii so it's it's the older one but it's it still has a big player base to it so there's always a match there's always something to do um but man the, i think it was because I, I i had i had texted you like what would it take to get you to play call of duty with me even if it's just to play zombies and you were like that statement alone so you downloaded it we've been playing it and oh man it like just I'm not going to sit here and t- say I told you so because that that ain't how I how I operate. Um, oh, I'm okay, glad- but you just said it. 
<laughs> I'm glad that you finally get the appeal because I get it. You know, people like to hate on that franchise because it's wildly popular. And, you know, wow, that's not why. No, no, don't don't try to make me into one of those people. No, 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 No. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, I totally get it. Like, like, you know, you and I look at video games different. I mean, it it has it has this it has this stigma with it. You know, I mean, Call of Duty has always been like a guilty pleasure of mine. It's one of those things where it's like I don't widely announce it. You know what I mean? To everybody that I play that kind of stuff. Right. And and truthfully, I mean, uh, the time of year that it comes out, which is close to the end of the year. Uh, close to holiday season and stuff like that. I kind of budget the money I spend on video games because it's easy to blow, honestly, like six hundred bucks in video yeah. games within those two <clears throat> those two months. And I just don't do that. I refuse right. to let myself do that. So I've always kind of just pushed it aside. It's like I'm like that's a thing that is disposable because of how often they put it out. So I'm, I, I kind of look for bang for my buck. Uh, mm-hmm. But this was but and. You cannot let the people for. Did you pay for half of it? Did you send me money for half of it? I, can't I did. I did. I did send you money for it. So it was on sale for twenty bucks. And, That's right. And, you sent me ten. Like, yeah, I'll send you the ten, and that way, you know, you're only. I'll, I'll go halves on it with you. Um, so yeah. Yeah, so you know that's the other that's the other thing he helped pay for it. So that's well, why I, I was like, I'll play it. Yeah. But then you sent me money right back. So I could buy the DLC that your version had, but my old version didn't. So I can't. I can't have my homie hooking me up yeah, and then like kinda... not like lift while you climb. That's what I'm saying. Lift while you climb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we're gonna spend. We're gonna out try to out favor each other uh, from now until the end of time. I'm, sure. I'm always gonna win because I friend way too hard, homie. Like mm. <laughs> I, I go hard in the paint. I go hard in the paint. Yeah, well, you know, what I mean, I'm trying, I'm, 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 I'm trying to get an Encyclopedia Britannica set off you. So I think if we keep this shit up, you know what I mean. One day- Send me my spices. You might get A through B. <laughs> Now, just to, now, when I say send me my spices, this isn't code, people. Like, legitimately, there's. Uh, oh no, these- it's, he, he's talking about drugs. He's talking no. about drugs. <laughs> no, there's these spices in Texas that uh, you can yeah, only get in Texas, yeah. and you can't get in Pennsylvania. Normally, I make it down there in time to like stock up on my spices and it lasts me for like a good six to eight months um and i was supposed to go down there at the beginning of april and that didn't happen because of you know miss rona and uh we've i've been i just ran out of my second seasoning uh the limited herb and i'm hurting um but i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make it i'm stretching stuff out i got my lemon pepper i got a little bit of fajita seasoning left i got some steak seasoning left i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make it work good Good. Um, yeah, it hurts. Yeah, no. I but really, I just want to thank you um, for for giving me this opportunity to to acquire these spices for you. Because as a as a kid who grew up idolizing uh, Han Solo, uh, who was a spice smuggler, um, you gave me the chance to smuggle spices, man. Was so, he a spice smuggler? Yeah, that's what he did, man. He was a spice smuggler. Um, so, Motherfucking pushing saffron across the galaxy. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, what's yeah dude. Yeah, they lock Chef Boyardee's ass up real quick in, the, in that <laughs> franchise. <laughs> Zataran, they got a planet Zataran, just a bunch of <laughs> just <laughs> just a bunch just a bunch of stone cold criminals over there. Um, They're like, oh, you got that spicy occasion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I ain't gonna try to recreate that accent, but yeah, that was good. That was good. 
I like the way that you opted out of that real quick. Good man. Guys, yeah, this yeah. is how you find an ally. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's what that's the entire Star Wars universe is just is just is just, you know, predicated on people's bland ass cooking. You know? <laughs> uh that that just uh, reminds me real quick of a of a story of a friend who, if he hears this, he'll know exactly what I'm talking about. He was talking about how his family makes meals and how you know stir fry is supposed to be this flavorful, salty sort of thing, right? But mm-hmm. then like uh, his kids will only eat certain parts of it, and they and then like it won't touch. So like slowly over time, as they would make the stir fry, they would end up just separating the the bits until it was basically just like chicken. With separate rice, with separate vegetables, oh. and they call it and they call it white people stir fry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh man! I mean, so, yeah, my mom would have been like, "You just ain't eating." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's been that's been my week. You know, uh, uh, what what about you, man? How you been? How you been doing? I've been doing good. You know, uh, playing Call of Duty. With you, mm-hmm. uh, the electrician has been up in the house making the uh, lofted ceilings. Uh, you lofting your ceiling, Gabna? All right. Yeah, he, he put two pot lights there. He's he's hooking the place up so that way we can have uh, like obviously we have electricity because I'm on the phone with you, but we could have more electrical outlets because this house is old. It just doesn't have enough. Like there's a big wall that's probably about like 25. Like it's the whole front of the house, right? There's one socket on it. Tell me how inconvenient that is. Oh um, shit. So he's so putting more got, sockets in. You ain't got a lot of sock, but you got like a lot of like uh, sconces and shit like that. You got like a lot of. <laughs> no. So my mm-hmm. office. So we. <sighs> this house is a fixer upper for everyone who doesn't know. Like it's a major fixer upper. And so we had an electrician come in here a while ago. Like I want to say six to eight months ago. And while he was here, he messed up the electrical in my office to where I don't have a, I don't even have a light. Uh, in my office I have the window light and I have this really bright fluorescent desk lamp right now Um, but there's not enough sockets to the point where my laptop is actually plugged into a power strip which is plugged into another power strip which has another power strip plugged into it right now I'll pull for more that's a that's a that's a fire hazard ain't it I mean why do you think we have an electrician (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well you be careful man you know what i mean like that I mean, that, that kind of that kind of took me aback like like whenever you talk about how you maintain your vehicles oh lord jesus kinda, look didn't nobody kinda, throw you under the bus kinda, this week <laughs> jordan no one threw you so <laughs> <laughs> wow digging up the dirt um you got shovel hands this week you got shovel hands (laughs) god damn (laughs) nah you 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 ain't all that bad but uh no i'm pretty bad Uh, (laughs) i i i i've decided that i need to get an oil change this week uh the last time that why are you laughing because you know it's bad if i decide that i need to get an oil change (laughs) i just picture you like hmm <laughs> I I have decreed that I shall get an oil change now. It needs to happen because the yeah. last time I got an oil change was um, November, and I, mm-hmm. I call that a forced oil change um, because my car broke down on the side of the road smoking because there was an oil leak. Uh, yeah. 
And they were like, there's no oil in your car. So that was a forced oil change. I think it's time that I just like properly take care of Francine. That's the name of my car. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Hyundai Tucson. Right? It's a 2007 Hyundai Tucson, mm-hmm. a couple thousand miles away from 200,000 miles. That car is, yes. And trust me, I have not treated her right in the fact that she is still going. Every once in a while, I drive by one of those car places, you know, they're like, buy a van for $6,000, which you know is only going to last you like three years, though. Yeah. And, and I'm just yeah. like, maybe I can just scrape together $6,000 and just leave them. <laughs> and they'll be like, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I got to tell you, man, you're uh, – so my, my whole thing with car, man, I might be a little bit anal about it. I think just having worked, you know, at a, at a mechanic shop before and just kind of – I mean, I get my stuff done like on the dot and everything, so I might be a little bit more, yeah, like I said, just just kind of kind of anal about it. But I had my um, oil changed once in the three years that we were in grad school. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that day fondly, don't you? Um, uh, yeah, because yeah. it was after you guilted me. You gave me this look like if you don't go get your yeah. oil changed. Yeah. Yeah. But I will say, you, whenever I was selling cars for a minute, you, uh, you. You sold. You helped me sell a lot of Hyundai's. So I was like, my buddy got one. He drove it all the way up to Pittsburgh. He ain't had the oil change in like five damn years, you know. Rock, <laughs> that thing's same. rocking and rolling. Yeah, yeah, rocking the same thing. He's driving back here next week. Shit, you know what I mean? He just so. I don't know why my car dealer voice is like, yeah, man, he's fucking coming on down here next week with this, you know. But yeah, it's, uh, that's that roadkill voice. Yeah, you do. <laughs> That's my rope. My black tar is coming out. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so, um, all Great. right. Well, good. Well, <laughs> I, I, I hope your house gets electrified, you know, properly and everything. And yeah, uh, the downstairs is good. The upstairs is getting good, and then we'll be we'll be pretty much done. We have to do the kitchen and bathroom next, but that's mm-hmm. a that's a long term mm-hmm. project. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, so, uh, as hopefully you people know by reading the title, we are talking about the movie The Willoughbys this week, which uh, is on Netflix. Yes, we are. And yes, it is. Uh, and uh, this is actually going to be an interesting episode because Jordan and I fall on either side of this. Uh, not all the way. Like, you'll see. But um, yeah. Yeah. we... <laughs> As we're watching this movie, this movie at the heart of it is about four kids who are trying to survive uh, without their really terrible parents. And their parents are terrible. Their parents are hilarious, but their parents mm-hmm. are terrible. And yeah. um, well, uh, real quick, they're voiced by Martin Short and uh, Jane. Is it Krakowski? Is that her last Krakowski, name? Krakowski, yeah. Yeah. So Martin Short and Jane Krakowski from uh, uh, 30 Rock. Uh, well, the latter's from 30 Rock. Marjorie. Yeah, and and the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and she's great. Mm-hmm. She's Both so of good. them, I, like I was telling you, whenever whenever we were talking about this movie, like it was just so good to hear Martin Short's voice. Like I I, I love. I mean, he's so fucking funny. I love that dude. Um, but yes, so the parent the parents are fucking terrible. Yep, yep. Uh, and so we were thinking about like what parents in like media, children's media that we think are just terrible parents. Uh, and we kind of have a list. I have I have three on my list. Okay. Uh, and how many do you have on your list? Uh, I have maybe five. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Rolling know. I don't, yeah. I don't know. But yeah. So uh, we'll go back and forth, and you start. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, you can't talk about shitty parents without talking about Matilda's parents. True. Yeah, yeah. So, so Matilda's parents, uh, the Wormwoods, were were just just awful. Um, you know, uh, uh, the dad. Uh, well, they were big like TV parents. They were like watch TV, don't read books, and stuff like that. They treated Matilda like shit. Uh, the dad was a was a was a sleazy car dealer, uh, and the mom was a materialistic. That's you know. still my one of my favorite scenes is seeing him use the power drill to wind back the odometer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that that's my number one pick is uh, is Matilda's parents. What do you got? Um, I have Darth Vader on my list. He's a <gasps> he's a. T- Oh, gasp! Uh, <laughs> he's a he's a terrible parent uh, for multiple reasons. One, um, he kind of like broke Luke's heart by telling him that, like, hey, by the way, like, like the first off, you should let your kids know who their siblings are, so that way they don't end up in almost incestual relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two, because I, I, I'm sorry, that's super weird to me in the Star Wars universe that that thing existed. Like that tension between Luke and Leia even existed for a moment. Like that's weird to me, and I hate it. Um, and then for him to be like, "Oh, you're about to kill me," therefore let me tell you that I'm your father. And then for him to be crappy until he's like, "Oh, I'm dead now. I should probably be. I should have been a good dad." Yeah, mm, yeah. yeah. And the prequels yeah. don't do him any better because Anakin's just a garbage human. Yeah, he's just a whiny little bitch, really. I mean, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, too little, too late on uh, on Anakin Skywalker's part. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I'd say you know, I, I see what you, I, I, I see you, TJ. You're trying to make a Star Wars dig, trying to get a rise out of me and stuff. No, I'm not trying to make it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, if I, I, I want I to make a rise out of you, I'd make you watch uh, um, what the the seventh, the eighth movie again. Uh. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Let's talk about. Uh, we're not going to talk about space horses and gambling because that was <laughs> freaking. I was like, what am I watching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so my next one is, uh, and this is why I say like like about five because I don't know. So so uh, one of my favorite shows ever is Shameless, uh, the U.S. version. Um, mm-hmm. And but but and I and and it's, I love the show, but Frank Gallagher. Uh, and I guess you can throw in uh, um, um, his, uh, his 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 wife or his ex wife. I guess the, her her name escapes me at the moment. But but yeah, Frank Gallagher is is a is a is a shitty dad. Uh, just a funny, but like just an alcoholic. Like always, you know, screwing over his kids. Uh, you know, he has a bunch of kids and just sort of exploiting the system. Uh, he's a he's a two bit hustler. Um, who will, uh, you know, throw his kids, uh, you know, down the river if it meant he could, uh, you know, cash a check at the end of the week. So, yeah, he's uh, he's pretty shitty. Yeah, he is. Uh, and I love that show, too. But, you know, the portrayal of, of, of him is great. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those things, like, it's fun to watch that train wreck. Um, mm-hmm. But that's what makes good television, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think I think what what helps that show too, because like normally I see characters like that and it just makes me mad, you know. But mm-hmm. whenever you have a character like Fiona, and I haven't seen the 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 seasons with without her, but whenever you have a character like Fiona who is just the perfect counterbalance to all of his bullshit, mm-hmm. um, and having that conflict be at the core of it, it kind of it, it makes it watchable, you know. 
uh, and the show doesn't glorify that behavior by any means, but, but yeah. Right, right. Who do you got next? I have Anna and Elsa's parents from Frozen. Ooh, okay, okay. Your sister hurts you, so instead of explaining to you what we found out about like her identity, we're going to shut her in a room, make her think that she's evil, and then separate two sisters for their whole entire existence. Damn. Damn. I'm going to yeah. orphan my children in their own home. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, like, okay. I understand that they're like, oh, we're going to leave real quick. And then Frozen 2 tells you why they left and all this other stuff. And, it, and I don't know what they were going to do with that information because also they lied about their past and their, mm-hmm. uh, like, who they were as people, um, which is just, like, deeply disturbing. Uh, especially because they knew the truth. They knew, like, if you see Frozen 2, like, the more I think about it, the more, like, that thing just kind of falls apart because the, the, Anna and Elsa's mother knew the truth about the events of what happened that day. And, like, she just, like, I don't know. The whole thing is weird. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, so I, they're, just, they're not great. They're not great parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, can, you can't be teaching your kids to ignore your problems. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. She must it. be shut away because, mm-hmm. or you could just be like, hey, girl, like, don't use your ice magic till we figure this out. Like, yeah. Let's, yeah. let's have an honest conversation about this. But they're like, you know what? This giant door. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the solution. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Like, it's, 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 you know, abuse. It's, it's child <laughs> abuse. <laughs> wow. That, and, and, and there you have it, folks. That's the key takeaway from the Frozen franchise. Um, child abuse yeah. gives you powers. Uh-huh. Ass. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Cool. My next one is uh, is is the McAllisters from 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 Home Alone. They uh, are garbage. Yeah. No, they suck. They absolutely suck. And 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 you know, forget all the you know uh, uh, a bumbling you know idiocracy that sort of surrounds every single move they make. Um, my mom, you know, had, would have her mind on fifteen twenty five. 40 different things never once would she forget my ass <laughs> just not even forget just travel to the airport yeah there, it's a difference for me oh i forgot you were in that room you know what i mean or i didn't or i didn't know you were messing with that you know I mean? stuff like that but like straight up yeah the just just the 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 the, the amount of 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 just just super oblivious you know what i mean not, to, not to, once but twice. Yeah. Yeah. Twi- yeah, two times. Two times. That's why Home Alone 3, they're like, hey, Macaulay Culkin, come back. They're like, dude, we can't have his parents forget his ass a third time. You know, <laughs> you got <laughs> to get a new kid, you know. Um, yeah, so that's that's next on my list. What do you, who, who do you got next? Uh, I have Walter White next. Oh, shit. It's crazy, man. Sometimes I forget that he's a parent. Exactly, show. which is the issue. Right. Like the show starts off and he's like, let me make this money real quick because I'm going to die. And then I need to make sure that my family's taken care of because I'm a teacher and teachers don't make shit. And you're like, cool. And then it quickly becomes like, oh, I'm not going to die. Let me make my money for me. Kids be damned. Right. Mm -hmm. And he even has a newborn. Right. And he's just like, fuck it. I don't care. He the motherfucker disappears to Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 
Walter White is a terrible father. He is. He is. And 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 it's crazy because like watching that show, I started really caring about Jesse a lot, and 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 less about Walter White. Oh yeah, um, when when Walter died, which ooh, spoiler alert, that show's been over for a while. Um, <laughs> when Walter died, I was like, yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, and and it's funny because we talk about that show as like you know whose story it is and stuff like that. And sometimes I wonder if they made El Camino because they like they realize like. That Jesse had just as much of an arc as Walter did, and they if not more, because honestly, I feel like Walter's arc ended at the end of season four. Uh At least, like the downward progression of his arc ended at the end of season four, where I felt Jesse's the one who actually continued to progress. When Walter, when when uh, Skyler calls him and she says what happened, and all he says is "I won," and I was like, "Oh, he's done." Like this, mm-hmm. I, I I need nothing else from him because like he has reached his pinnacle and now it's right. just a slow fall. But for right. Jesse, it's like he was still out there in limbo and he was the one I was more interested about. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And the way the way that that, that his stuff ended in the main series, I just felt he got the short end of the stick. So it was, it was good to watch that El Camino again. Breaking Bad fans are just fans of stories in general. Check out El Camino, but mm-hmm. then you got to suffer through Breaking Bad to watch it. So you know. Um, suffer through. Well, I don't mean suffer through, but like sit there and watch the whole series if you have it right. The first three episodes are torture, but <laughs> they were so slow. Yeah, yeah. On purpose, but still. Yeah. All right, you ready? You ready? You ready for me to lay this next one down? I'm ready for you. This this royal flush, this royal flush, sir. You ready? You ready? I'm ready. Every single parent in Willy Wonka. Okay, are we considering grandpa a parent? No. Okay. Parent, not grandparent. And I'm even okay, counting Charlie's Grandpa Joe's dad. legit. I'm even counting Charlie's dad because his ass wasn't around. Every single parent. <laughs> <laughs> every single parent in uh, in in Willy Wonka. I'll give Charlie's mom a pass because she was sick. Was she sick or was she working? I don't know. She's just making cabbage water all the time. So, I, yeah, I don't know. There's just every single parent in there. I mean, you got the enablers. You know what I mean? You got mm-hmm. the, you got the, 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 you know, really just, just uh, not, not involved parents there. Um, just, just terrible, terrible people. You know what I mean? Um, violet. She's turning violet, violet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that book, I remember I remember reading cuz I I had read the book before I saw the movie cuz my mom read me the book as a kid. Um and I remember just like just feeling really bad for these kids. Um but like not like like disliking the parents more than the kids. Um mm-hmm. Like man, how could any I think that was my first brush with like man, how could any adult allow their kid to you know what I Act mean? this way, yeah, yeah. So, but then in the movie, you see like it's uh, it's this weird thing where in the movie you're like, oh, this is just a parent who's like, I just fucking give up. <laughs> <laughs> take her, take her, Mister Wonka, get her yeah, out of here. I call I call them uh, three a.m. Walmart parents. You know when you go to Walmart at three a.m. for like some random thing, you're like, I really want. Friggin' carrot cake Oreos, right? Walmart's yeah. open, and then you're like, "Why the hell is this 11 year old up?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Every every well, parent, every parent, every parent, every parent in there, man. Who else you got? Uh, I have, and you're not gonna know this, but it's uh, Rose Quartz from Steven Universe. Steven's mother is the worst mother on the face of the planet. 
I still have yet to see that show. On the face of multiple planets. Uh, let me give you the rundown as to why she's terrible, right? Okay, what you got? So, she physically can't be around because she is part of Steven now. When she gave birth to Steven, she had to she had to vanish, right? And so that's, that's like a huge, huge crux of the show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole entire time, they're all like, oh, yeah, she helped lead this rebellion against these evil overlords, which are the diamonds, and, sh- and Earth was Pink Diamond's place, right? And so you're like, yeah, she helped crush Pink Diamond, and she helped uh, keep Earth alive. Come to find out, Rose Quartz was Pink Diamond, faked her own death, lied about it to everyone but one person, and then let everyone think that she was a murderer. And then everyone's defending her at every turn until Steven finds this out. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm the person that everyone fears. And like, it, and then he has to deal with all her shit. He has to deal with it all. She left it all on him. She was like, I don't want this life that I have been like um, positioned to have. So I'm just going to run away, fake my death, and then lie about it. Damn. Yeah, when you find out that they're the same person, I was like, are you? And then the rest of the show becomes about him trying to make up for her mistakes. And then there's a mm-hmm. spinoff series that just ended. Uh, so the show's officially done called Steven Universe Future, where it's like flashes in the future and he's been helping people. And then he has to deal with himself. At that point in time, he has to deal with like what his legacy is, how his parents' choices reflect on him and how he can separate himself from them. Because he spent his whole childhood trying to make up for the mistakes of his mother. And I was like, this is <laughs> this is rough. Shit. See that yeah, that's 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 some shitty parenting right there, you know. I mean Which you, is you, another reason why that show is amazing. But Yeah, I need I I need to watch it. I need to watch it. Um It's one of I, those uh, shows that you can legit like mostly put on in the background while you do stuff. Mm-hmm. Because uh for them you know, it's it's still a kid's show, so they have like really kind of poppy and each episode is like 12 minutes right it's one of those shows mm-hmm. um and they right. have some really poppy stuff and then all of a sudden it gets <clears throat> serious and they'll get serious for the next six episodes and then you're mm-hmm. like oh I, I, I should probably watch this uh mm-hmm. and when stuff goes down jordan stuff like there's there's a uh, abusive relationships like they explain abusive relationships in this really beautiful way where um jim's confused right they can it's it's kind of like a hey uh like, let's say we were gyms. Like, you and I could fuse and become, like, whatever, right? Because, like, we're better together, that sort of thing, right? Like, you and Kim right. would fuse because, like, you love each other and you're better together. There's uh, uh, we'd, one... We'd fuse, we'd fuse all night. Okay. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but there's one gym, Garnet, who you find out is actually two gyms who refuse to be apart. So they're, they're constantly fused. They love each other so much. And they're like, we just complete each other to the point where we can't see ourselves apart. And when they are apart, they're just a mess. And it's it's beautiful. But uh, wow. there's this but there's this uh, Jasper. Uh, she comes down and she's all evil. And she's trying to kill everybody. And there's this Jim uh, named Lapis. And she fuses with Jasper and chains herself to Jasper. And they're like, why did you do this? She says, so that way she won't do it to anyone else. And you're just like, oh, my God. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds deep, man. I might have to check that out, like sooner deep. rather than later, probably. A hundred percent. Damn, man, so there's some there's some shitty parents out there, TJ. What's going yeah. on? What's what's the media bringing to us? I do I do want to bring up some honorable mentions though. Okay. Um, if if uh, if 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 I may. Um, first up is uh, uh, Caillou's parents uh, from that <laughs> sh- from that show Caillou. 
Fuck that show. But no. Man, man. Are you throwing, these, are you throwing Peppa's pig, these, Peppa Pig's parents in there? They, they're next. Don't even fuck around. So, so Caillou's parents, they let this big-headed bastard get away with everything. He treats... <laughs> He treats his sister like shit, and they just let him just just you know what I mean. He's a spoiled brat. He's a he's a he's a shitty kid. He's 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 a he's a poor man's Charlie Brown, and he's got to be stopped. All right, Peppa Pig's parents, absolutely Peppa Pig's parents. They let this little girl run around on mountain bikes down muddy hills with her friends and go on all these crazy ass adventures. My daughter ever says like, "Nah, little girl, where do you think you're going? Who's gonna be there? When are you gonna be back?" You know, shit like that. Also, that's like mom, any Nick Jr. television show, right? Yeah, like, why, well, why the hell are these kids by themselves? Let's throw, let's throw them all under the bus. And then, man, fuck it. And then, and then, and then, but Peppa Pig's parents, I think, get get ed, edge out the competition as far as like shitty parents go because the mom fat shames the dad every single corner, every single turn, just fat shaming him. Does know? she really? Yeah, dude, and I get it. Like she, you know, she pokes his belly, like, oh, my little tumbly and shit. Like, like I, I understand, you know what I mean. But, but yeah, it's just, you know, the whenever the parents disrespect, you know, the other parent and stuff like that in front of the kids, it ain't good. My last honorable mention has got to go to uh, Eleanor. What is it, Eleanor? And is it Frank Frederick? I can't remember the parents from 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 Stuart Little. Oh, um, <laughs> and and for the man. <laughs> For the for let me tell you, I'm gonna walk in this orphanage. Look at all these human children, want, want wanting a home, want, wanting a good, wanting a good family and stuff like that. Nah, I don't want them. Fuck all them. Hey, how much for this mouse? You know what I mean? Like 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 <laughs> like out the gate, <laughs> out the gate on Front Street. You're a shitty parent. You know. Um, a real child uh, fuck that noise yeah what about this mouse over here you know um see and they agree with me whoever that was but yeah yeah Yeah, so so yeah those are those are those are my shitty parents plus plus the honorable mentions there i forgot about how messed up that is man fuck Stuart little you know what i mean no 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 the mouse is all right like but i just feel that like you know I i i think Stuart little and uh and uh, uh, Remy from Ratatouille could have could have got down together, but um, could have been the best of friends. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, Stuart Little. As far as man, don't even don't even get me started on that. So right, I guess yeah. I guess mainly I guess maybe they're they're not an honorable mention. Maybe they maybe they need to be included in the list. But like I guess because they, they they treated the mouse all right. You know what I mean? They like, did. Like, in the movie, they weren't they weren't bad parents to a mouse, but it's like you should be parenting one of these other human children. But you know, at least they are completely aware of their capabilities, and they didn't get a kid, uh, and then like just you know be the worst mm-hmm. and be like, we can't handle this. Let's take it back. Which you know, people do. People take kids back to orphanages. Yeah, yeah. So maybe they get a pass. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna part. I'm gonna ask for a pardon. I'm gonna put it in. I'll see what the warden says. Okay. Okay. You're the warden. I am the warden. I'm gonna tell you right now. Like, no, <laughs> no, no. Take, take, take one of the, take one of these humanoid kids home. Don't be, you know. You say a humanoid. <laughs> well, I guess. Okay, so I guess in the movie, Stuart Little was a humanoid because he was walking on 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 two legs and stuff like that. See, you just making my point for me. Thank you.
Nah, Thank I still, I still, I still, I still, I still stand by it because a smart ass mouse is still just a fucking mouse, you know. What about? Oh, you know what? I'm gonna throw this out here, and they're not really parents. What about the uh, the uh, adults in um, Full House? Oh, for letting the cousin Ooh. sleep in the van like that's yeah. like yeah. yeah, make him a room. Yeah, I don't know. I. I I, I think in my family, if you were big, if you were big enough, fuck up, or if you messed up enough, you you you, you slept in some in some pretty undesirable places. Um, the cold bed. <laughs> no, never like that. But yeah, uh, I don't know, man. I think, I guess, man. I'm trying to think of full house. So so Danny would all Danny Tanner would always have those moments where he would like. Oh, I'm thinking. Man. I'm sorry, not full house. Well, Danny Tanner's a bad parent too. Uh, How is Danny uh, Tanner a bad parent? Are you serious? He could only ever pay attention to one child at a time, and he had like four. Mm. Yeah, but he was kind of against the. You know, he he had the deck stacked against him because. Well, no, I guess what he 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 lost he lost his wife, but he gained like however many other adults with friends. Right, who and those adults were so selfish anyway. So Danny um, Tanner's is a shitty parent. It's almost like if 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 Captain America couldn't get the Avengers to symbol to 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 assemble. You know what I mean? Right, like Danny Tanner right. just couldn't couldn't make. And when I said work. full house, I meant step by step, step by step. Those those parents were okay. They were trying. That was a blended family. That was that was mm-hmm. they were, but they were trying to figure out their lives. Step by step, day by day, day by day. Let's start on a yeah, dude. All right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you talk, you, you're talking about you talking about cousin Cody from Kickboxer fame sleeping out oh, in that sleeping out in that that, that van. Yeah, yeah. It was a van. It was not an RV. No, that's right. It was a van, wasn't it? Um, it was a little. It was a little pedo, but whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Do we count the Bundys as shitty parents? No. Yeah, because like. They were there. They were just like, no, you're not doing that shit. Move on. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were. Because I'm, I'm trying to think. Like, I, I feel like the Bundys always came through when they needed to. Do you know what I mean? They did. They did. Like there was an episode when uh, uh, Christina Applegate was getting was getting messed around on uh, by uh, by her boyfriend and, and was in a movie theater or something like that. Um, like her, her her dude was running around on her and and. and and now Bundy showed up to the movie theater and like beat the shit out of him or something like that. I'm not condoning violence by any means, but I'm just saying like in that show, I think, uh, yeah, they, they, they showed up when they needed to. Right. Yeah, they did. They did yeah. consistently, mm-hmm. consistently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, as we wrap up our list of shitty parents in media, bah, 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 yeah. uh, and hey, <laughs> if, if, if listeners out there, if, if, if there's anyone we forgot, you know what I mean? If there's anyone that that we that we you know should have talked about but didn't, or, or if you can make a case for any of these parents that we listed, feel free to write us. Uh, you know, let us know. Yeah, yeah, write us. Uh, let us know. Hit us up uh, and tell us all the reasons we're wrong. Like, prove to me that Anna and Elsa's parents were good parents. You can't. But I'm, I'm waiting for the challenge. Gauntlet thrown. Um, yeah, that was a that was a bold move, sir. But it's it's, it's one I can uh, I can stand behind now that you've explained it. Yep, yep. Uh, so we are going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and we're going to talk about the Willoughby's, their terrible parents, and all the hijinks they get into. And we, I'm pretty sure this one's going to be a little heated. It's going to be Wait, a while. Did you say the Willoughby's? The Willoughby's. I watched Willow. Willow. 
<laughs> this will be an interesting conversation. All right. We'll you like see. the puppet with a scar. <laughs> when Val Kilmer turns to a pig, that shit reminded me of that's that's a symbolism for being a parent. Uh, anyway. Uh-huh. All right. We'll be back. Go ahead. Grab your drinks. Grab your water. Tell us what you got. And uh, don't tell us. I don't know why I keep saying tell us. We can't hear you. I'd love but, to uh, hear what they have, though. Like, I think we need to give like a little moment for them to say, I got this. I got that. And we can have a cheers. I think it'd be really cute. Whenever we move in, whenever we make the transition to video, I think I think that'd be pretty cool for us to do. I like the way your ass is putting my work on my Hey man, hey, I, you know, we 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 can make it happen. Put our heads together, you know. What I mean? High hopes. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. High hopes for a living. All right. See ya. <laughs> and we're back. Welcome back, everybody. Jordan. Welcome. Uh, yeah. What's that? <laughs> to the circus of value. <laughs> Dan, look at that Bioshock deep cut. I love that. <laughs> Come back when you get uh. some money. <laughs> Yeah, and then there's the uh, the ammo one, which I'm not going to try to the voice for that, but yeah. I don't uh, even know that one. Those of you who don't know, look it up. Um, that was awesome, man. Yeah, no. Come back when you get some money, fella, <laughs> or some shit like so that. so good. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah. so what are you drinking today? Uh, well, sir, I am drinking a uh, bit of Larceny uh, bourbon, uh, and then I got a sparkling water. Oh, Jesus Christ, you and your bougie-ass water. Mm-hmm. Tell the people what I said when you offered me sparkling water. <laughs> I think I think I might have said this already, but it definitely mentions repeating. Um, or it's, it's worth repeating, rather. Um, yeah, so I offered you a sparkling water, and you said, Nah, I like my water still. <laughs> like some... <laughs> Dramatic, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like some fucking Sylvester Stallone. Like, I like, hey man, I like my water still, you know. <laughs> I don't like my water fighting, yeah. <laughs> Come out swinging, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Grian, you got that still water, yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? What are you drinking? Uh, I got this variety pack from this brewery called Flying Fish Brewing Company, and I'm drinking their sour, which is called Salt and Sea. Mm. It's uh, a sour brewed with strawberry and lime. Nice. Um, if anybody out there has any sour recommendations, I'm a sour fan because mm-hmm. it tastes like Kool-Aid that messes you up, which I'm all about. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm rocking. I finally Dude. made it out to the beer distributor and got some different beer. That's good. Do you uh, do you have access to Carbach Brewery over there? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm really into Carbach Brewery. It's uh, so any 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 anyone who's Carbach, if you're listening, I like your stuff, man. Uh, no, they're a uh, they're a Houston brewery. Um, so you know, H Town, stay down. You gotta you gotta represent. Um, seven one three eight three two two eight one. Yeah, yeah. I was that. I was at seven one three. Um, but yeah, um, they got. Uh, I've I've liked everything they've 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 made. Um, they I I think th- I think they got a pretty good sour. No, never mind. They fuck with that Rattler beer, which I don't really like the Rattler style stuff. Um, here I was trying to get it. I was just about to try to get us some 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 advertisement. And you up here? Nah, they messed. I don't <laughs> like that one though. No, it's fine. I, I, no, it's it's you know what? It's 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 lovely. Uh, but it's just you know. Uh, you hear that, people? We can be bought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
uh, let's see, sa- uh, uh, let's see, Kim's really into because she likes sours a lot. She's really into that uh, uh, Red Bud. Um, I don't know some other some other some other sour stuff. I'm not really I don't really drink a lot of sours because I think it's a little bit too, too delicious. I got you. Yeah, mm, it's too good. Uh, uh, you don't deserve nice things. I, I understand. No. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go. So that's yeah. <laughs> uh, great. So um, wait, but real quick, what did you do before we came back? What did you just listen to? I listened to uh, Russian Unicorn. You did, and tell everybody, tell them the truth, tell them the truth. It bops. It's it a bop. does. It does. Check it out. I'm, I'm sure all our listeners have already listened to this shit. They're like, where have y'all been? But. Uh, but yeah, no, it's good. All right. <clears throat> uh, so <laughs> here we are. We're going to talk about the Willoughbys. Uh, yes, b- yes. Before we hop into this movie, we have to talk about how stacked this voice cast is, which was surprising. We do. We do. Yeah. Who do we got? Who do we got? We got Will Forte. Mm. Right. Uh, uh, he plays Tim Willoughby, which is I would argue is Tim. Tim's the main character. Tim mm-hmm. is the main character. Yes, we got Maya Rudolph. Mm. Who, play, who plays the nanny who shows up and Maya Rudolph is great. Here's the thing though, like Maya Rudolph did such a great job. I didn't hear Maya Rudolph, which is. Yeah, I, I, I didn't either. I, I, I didn't know. I was like, this voice kind of sounds familiar. And I think we're all to that stage where when we're watching a movie. It's so easy to look up who's in what with our phones. You know what I mean? So we immediately look it up. And yeah, when I saw it was Maya Rudolph. Now, after I found out it was her, I heard her. You know what I mean? But if I didn't know it was her, I wouldn't have known. Yeah, um, we have Alicia Cara, who is a Canadian singer songwriter. Don't um, know her, but mm. she was great. Uh, mm-hmm. She played Jane Willoughby, um, and the voice was important. The singing was important. We have Terry Crews, which you can never go yep. wrong with Terry Crews. No, you Ter- cannot. And it was like Terry Crews, like softer, which was great. Yeah, what's that uh, in Brooklyn Nine Nine? Tiny Terry loves his pickles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we have uh, Martin Short as Walter yeah. Willoughby, the father. Uh, yeah. Who Walter? Oh my God! The parents steal the show in this movie. Uh, they do, they do. They're so shitty, but like they're so funny. Yeah, and then we have uh, Jane Krakowski who plays his opposite as Helga Willoughby, right, and she's. Right. Uh, and then I'm gonna. So there's these two twin brothers who are identical, uh, and they're played by one man. I'm gonna mess up his name because he has one of those little dashes above A, and I never know how to pronounce that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm gonna say Sean Cullen. Uh, he's he's a he's a Canadian um, uh, comedian. What is that and when you we got have, the, yeah. What is that when you got the dash over over the A and Sean like that? How do you say? You that? ask you asking the wrong person. See, like, see, hey, our our Canadian listener, you want to go ahead and let us know what that is. <laughs> you want you want to send us a voicemail because no one yeah, has used yeah. that voice message thing yet. I mean, listen, I be like, it's like it's like when you got home when you had your separate line when you were a kid, and then you're yeah. like trying to like, did anyone leave me a message? Oh no, yeah. no one loves me. No, it's fine. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. You have zero messages. You uh, are alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what voice messages should yeah, say. Yeah. You are alone. Yeah, uh, and then we had Ricky Gervais who plays the cat. Uh, who which, is the narrator oh, through the movie? Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, Ricky Gervais. What, 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 what is there? You know, the man who needs no introduction. You know what I mean? Like, it, I just, I, I, are, are you, are you as big of a Ricky Gervais fan as I am? I have been a huge Ricky Gervais fan, not only from the British Office, but also from like 
he he's the executive producer of one of my favorite television series of all time. What's Idiot that? Abroad. Did you ever see that show? I did. I did. Well, that was. I love that it was, so much. Yeah. Well, well, Carl Pilkington, that was off of their podcast that he did with, uh, uh, it was Ricky, uh, Carl Pilkington, and then uh, Steve Merchant. Um, uh, and they actually animated, HBO animated that podcast, and you can watch those episodes and stuff. But man, Carl Pilkington and Ricky Gervais, just hearing them talk, hearing them fucking banter back and forth, it's, it's, it's comedy gold, man. Ricky Gervais is just a really smart really just just this funny dude i think extras um was when i really because i haven't seen all the british office but i watched the shit out of extras and the the special because those british shows you know they do the two seasons and then like a special and that's it um the extras smart yeah the special the holiday special of extras top five one of the best things i've ever seen on television like just what, how funny it is, and how poignant it is, and 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 the the emotional beats that it hits. It's just, it's really fucking great. I'll have um, to watch it. I'll yeah, no, I, I really, really love that dude. Um, and then we're we're about to start watching the second season of uh, Afterlife, um, mm. which the first season was really great. Honestly, it's it's his most emotional. And is is probably the deepest show that he's done. But, I uh, think the thing is though, like he's always had it in him. He just knows what sells. I I, I call it the. Uh, um, this is actually why I, I follow singer songwriters. Like through, I say wait till you get to their third album because that's when they're going to show you what the music that they really want to make. Right? Uh, yeah. Because yeah. the first album is like, what does the studio want? What can I do that sells? What can have like four singles on the radio so that way everyone buys this album? The second album is always like, okay, this is hyper produced because the sophomore slump is a real thing, right? The second mm-hmm. albums are like, um, I still don't think Maroon 5 has recovered from Songs About Jane, which is still their best album. I don't care what anyone says. Um, is that that one but, with the, with the, them, I don't know. <laughs> is that the one with the, why am I dro- Oh, this love has yeah, taken. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. It's their right. best album. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sunday morning rain is falling. Exactly. Oh, listen yeah. to the smooth <laughs> sounds. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, so but I think that that's uh, that's something that happens. That artists are just like, let me get these things out for a little bit, and yeah, then I can yeah. do what I want to do because I have some pull, right? No, for uh, sure, and I think that sure. I, th- I feel like Ricky Gervais has been in that like, let me do the things I want to do mm-hmm. part of his career for like the past ten years, and because of that, yeah. he's cranking out excellent things that have heart buried in the comedy, and it's so good. Yeah, and his stand-up specials—he's just man. He's—he's—he's just—he's just so great. And and he voices this cat, this snarky ass, you know, sarcastic ass cat. That's just perfect, you know. Uh, every yeah. time he was on screen, we uh, we uh, we 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 laughed a lot. So yeah, really solid voice cast in this one, man. Yeah, I it's agree. a solid voice cast. Uh, the Willoughby's is based on a book by uh, Lois Lowry, who is a um, a author from uh, Massachusetts. Uh, mm-hmm. And it says this is like a dark, twisted uh, children's book. And uh, the thing about this is, uh, it was it was released on Netflix. It was released uh, in April, so right in the midst of of Rona, yep. uh, of Rona lockdown. So I think that, um, at least for my buck, I think that Netflix did a really good job releasing these things. I don't normally like mess with a lot of Netflix kids movies. I mess with some of the kids shows. Like yeah. uh, I watched, I watched Voltron. I, I watched Shira because it's by the same team who did Voltron, and Voltron was really good. Right. Um, uh, Shira, I kind of just kind of put on and let happen. But um, 
but they, they, but I mean, it's it's good, but it just it's not it's not for me in that way. No, um, sure. But um, they have really good children's serialized television. Like they have the Trolls television show, they have the Home television show, and all this other stuff. Can't stop the beat. Yeah, can't stop the beat. Yeah. Um, um, but as far as kids' movies, I haven't really like dabbled into the Netflix original kids' movies. Right. Uh, and I'm glad that this was one of the first ones because I think that like it's it's decent quality. No, um, it is, it is. And honestly, this was one TJ I didn't know about. I'm gonna like like I'm you know full disclosure. I didn't I didn't I never heard of this until uh, my daughter um, was like, hey, you know let's let, let, let's watch this. Have you heard of the Willoughby's and stuff? She's like she had watched it already. So I watched it with her um, on her recommendation. So. Um, yeah, I I, uh, I I didn't even know. I don't know. I don't I don't actively seek. You know what I mean? These the, these Netflix movies and stuff like that out. So it was a it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, my nieces and nephews they share my Netflix account. My my little nieces and nephews. So every once in a while I get like the kid stuff in the rotation. So right. I see these things pop up and I was just like, oh, this looks this looks okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think before we get started on the on the plot, I think that this movie needs to be cited for its visual style it's computer animated but it's animated in such a way that kind of gives that claymation sort of texture yeah i I was trying to figure that out because like what is it like the the hair because they're all a bunch of redheads you know what i mean and like the hair it looks like yarn yeah yeah and that's actually a plot point that the that the mother she uh has her husband grow facial hair so she can use it as yarn to knit things mm-hmm. the hair looks like yarn at some point in time like the smoke looks like um un- it almost looks like unraveling fishing line of different colors and stuff like that yeah uh, i saw it, i saw steel wool in the smoke i thought the smoke looked like steel wool yeah yeah it's really coarse and fibrous everything here has like the, that texture of something that's real and and yeah. like uh tangible which i thought was really cool which right. gives it a, a unique style right from the jump, uh, totally which I dead. think also allows for a lot of um, a lot of speed in the uh, like it allows it to be whimsical uh, because we're not expecting like that hyper realistic reaction from everything mm-hmm. because things look so stylized. Yeah, uh, and I was I was looking it up, TJ, and, and uh, they were designed by the same. The characters were designed by the same same guy who did. Uh, uh, Madagascar, um, mm. Hotel Transylvania, and then that new Adams Family movie. That, oh, yeah, that, so those that elongated Adam. sort of, yeah. Yeah, and it kind of looked like Coraline to me too a little bit. Yeah, 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 I'm with you. And so I really liked the visual style of the movie. Uh, I thought that it played really well. We're we, Jordan and I were talking about like where this movie hits humor-wise. Mm-hmm. Um it's darker than most uh, American movie, children's movie fare. Um, it has like that almost dry humor at times, especially with the Barnabys. Um, so mm-hmm. like I, I, at one point in time, I was like, there's jokes in here that the kids just will not get. No, for sure. I'm going to tell you like point blank from experience, like my daughter didn't, as much as she dug the movie, like the, the, the way it looked. And, and she was like, you know, talking about the Barnabys, like, Oh, they're they're She was like, they're creepy and funny and stuff like that. Like she got like the gist of what this movie was putting down, mm-hmm. but the, the minute to minute jokes and stuff and the dialogue just, just went, went right overhead. And, and, and that's not, I'm not, you know, trying to disparage her, you know, mental 
uh, faculties by, by any means because she's a really smart five year old. But but yeah, I, uh, a lot of this stuff I think is 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 geared more towards an older audience for sure. Yeah, I think that the the thing is though this is this is layered storytelling as far as a family movie goes in my point of view because the the slapstick and the uh, action of it is as fast as the dialogue is witty so the kids can latch onto the funny fast things that are happening while the adults can latch onto the fast funny things that are being said. Um, so yeah, I think that those things kind of matched. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. So let's dive into the plot of this movie. So the movie opens with Ricky Gervais's character, the cat, saying, like, this movie is about a family, but it's not going to be a happy ending like you expect. Uh, like, it's kind of dark and twisted, and those are the best stories. I've seen all these stories, and this one is different. And you get this image of this giant city, and in the middle of the giant city is this super old house, right? right. And this house has been home to the Willoughby's for centuries and the Willoughby's were great people they were philosophers and adventurers and knights and with wicked and mustaches with everybody had mustaches even the women and it's great yeah, yeah. Uh, which I was like yay body positivity yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah but then you get to uh, the current incarnation of the Willoughby's which is Walter and Helga Willoughby and Walter is a punk Right, Walter is not great, and his wife Helga is uh, she is kind of controlling and she's like neurotic, and they love each other so much that when they have their first kid, Timothy, that they just put him out in the hallway and they said, uh, "If you want childish things like food and love, you'll have to find it elsewhere." Yeah, which can we hold for a quick second, TJ? Like the way that that went down, you hear them kissing macking on each other and stuff like that and all of a sudden uh you hear this squish yeah helga's like oh what's what's that and like like the baby just kind of falls out of her which it reminded me of what's what's that tv series like i didn't know i was pregnant or some shit like that yeah 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 so it definitely reminded me of that and yeah they just pick up this baby and drop his ass out in the hallway it was it was it was brutal yeah it was brutal and uh but the baby finds these pictures of the Willoughby's, uh, of the great Willoughby leaders, and he's like mesmerized by them. And he's like, "I'm a Willoughby." So his whole thing, he's like, "I'm going to restore the Willoughby name. I'm going to be, we're going to be a great family again because our parents are terrible." Um, but apparently, uh, Tim's parents don't understand where babies come from because they have three more kids. Uh, <laughs> they have they have Jane. Uh, who is the middle child, and she loves to sing. And then they have twins with the Barnabys. Uh, they got so lazy that they just named them both Barnaby. Uh, and they and they labeled as the creepy twins, but really they're just uh, the um, they're super intelligent, and they kind of finish each other's sentences. They marry each other's sentences, uh, mm. and they're it, they're a lot of fun. I thought yeah. that they they carry a lot of the adult humor actually in the in the kids lines. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, they totally do, and they got these weird ass haircuts. You know, it's like yeah. this bowl thimble cut kind of thing. It's uh, yeah, it's the, the nanny ends up calling them mushroom heads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I I, I, th- I thought they were pretty funny. They were funny, um, but. Uh, the like it shows how the Willoughby's uh kind of interact. How Jane, she's always getting into trouble. Um, she steals food from the parents. The parents don't even feed the kids; they give them leftovers. And Tim is like, "Guess no leftovers today." But we don't beg for food. And Jane, Jane convinces him to ask for food. Then she steals all the food. 
then blames it on him. And so there's always that, like, he's the big brother. He takes the brunt of everything. Jane, she's mischievous. She's constantly singing and getting in trouble. Um, but then there's the Barnabys who, like, the the parents just think are creepy and don't mess with, um, which I think is so funny. But um, late one night, there's someone who's walking by with a box, and uh, you think that the box is like a puppy or something in it. The cat, uh, Ricky Gervais, he meows at the person. They drop the box in front of the doorstep, and then Jane and the twins find the box, and inside the box is a baby. Which mm-hmm. right there, I'm like, oh no, babies in boxes. But this yeah. kind of starts this this starts to set up the theme of like uh, child abandonment and finding people who love you anyway. Um, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, I don't know. I, 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 this whole orphan, like, I, I, I struggle to find a reason for this little orphan baby outside of like the thematic elements, which were already present in the Willoughby's journey to begin with, like why we have this orphan baby in here. Cause the orphan baby just kind of, you know, results into a little more than like a, you know, side character. I don't know. I think I wanted more out of this, this story beat than, than we got, but it was funny. Right. Right. Well, the big thing is that the 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 baby is discovered by the parents. The parents are like, "Who brought this baby in the house? Um, we are kicking you out until you get rid of the baby." Um, and so they go and try to find the baby at home. They end up stumbling upon the house of this uh, cookie maker, uh, commander. <laughs> Cookie maker, candy maker. Sorry, but no, no, no. I wasn't laughing at that. I'm just laughing at the character. I think he's great. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. They stumble upon the house of uh, candy maker Commander Melanoff, uh, who is voiced by Terry, who is voiced by Terry Crews, yeah. and uh, they leave the baby there. They name her Ruth. Uh, Tim's like because we're ruthless for leaving her here, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, he takes the baby in. Right, and so right. they're all like, oh. The, She's in a great place. Wouldn't it be great? The only way to end up in a great place would be to orphan ourselves. Uh, so they come up with this plan to send their parents on a trip to the most dangerous places on the face of the planet and hope that they die. Right. And and Tim, you know, is is under this delusion that because he's 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 still fascinated by like the Willoughby family legacy. Right. So like he has this this idea that we just got to get rid of the parents and we can stay here in this house and like, you know, uh, uh, rebuild this legacy, you know, and, 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 and reform what's been lost and stuff like that. Uh, un, like ignorant. Solid fact, plan. <laughs> yeah. 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 Completely ignorant to the fact that like, you know, well, there's going to be there's going to there's going to be agencies and things like that involved whenever you don't have parents. So, yeah. Um, uh, continue. Yeah, and so like uh, they make up this this um, murderous vacation package, and they send and they oh they put a brochure down in front of the parents for them to find, and they open it, and they're like, oh, we're gonna go because in big letters it says on the on the pamphlet, no kids allowed, and they're like, oh my god, we hate kids. This is perfect for us. Mm-hmm. But then they the parents have this moment where they're like, well, we can't leave them without. Like, we can't just leave them, which I was like, what? Oh, so you, you know, like, right and wrong. So you're just being an asshole. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Stone and then they, cold shitty. Stone cold shitty. Mm-hmm. And then they say, oh, well, we don't have to leave them. Oh, we can leave them if we get a nanny. So without telling the kids, the kids are uh, 
left. Uh, the parents take literally almost everything that they own, it seems like. Uh, the kids are left there, and they think that they're going to have this great time by themselves, and they don't need adults, and they're going to figure it out. But then this nanny shows up, uh, Maya Rudolph's character, and the nanny's like, I'm here by your parents. I'm working for your parents. And they instantly take that wrong. as like, oh, no, she's on the bad side. Um, mm-hmm. But first, she wins over Jane. She wins over – I will say this. This was kind of uh, – it was weird because I almost felt like this was going to be the heart of the movie. The fact that she's trying to win all the kids over slowly, but she wins uh, Jane and the twins over within like what four minutes. Yeah, she ain't she ain't no Miss Honey. I'll give her. I'll, I'll say right. that. Uh, but she wins them over. The only one that she doesn't win over is Tim. Right, and uh, that is where the tension is is lies for the rest of the movie. Is that the the kids. Three of the kids really love the nanny and everything that she does. Tim thinks that the nanny is constantly trying to uh, undermine him and the Willoughby family name and is working deeply for the parent. Are you clipping your nails? No. <laughs> I just hit this click. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what clicking? What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, no. I'm not doing that. Uh, yeah, yeah, TJ, so, I'm giving myself a pedicure as we're sitting here talking about it. I'm just saying. I'm just yeah, asking questions. Yeah. Hey, what color for my toenails, real quick? I can get a midnight midnight blue, or I can get a get a get a Granny Smith green. What you think? You, you know you're a Harley. You better throw in that red. All right, all right. Hey, fire engine red, Carol. Make it happen. All right. No. Not so hard on that pinky toe. All right, keep going. No, so. <laughs> So uh I th- so the tension lies there between Tim and the nanny yeah, really yeah, that's like yeah. the, that's the heart of the tension here and uh it it cuts to the parents not dying um which I think is kind of fun there's mm-hmm. this guide who constantly gets put in harm's way but the the, yeah, the parents yeah. don't die well cuz um, they're 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 so into each other and like the movie does a pretty good job of like given these visuals of like, you know, the parents like nearly escaping death because they're like trying to hug or kiss or mack on each other and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so the parents don't die, but then before that we have, what is it? Or is it before that TJ, whenever uh, the nanny learns of, of Ruth being left with the candy factory and they go like rescue yeah. her or something like that. Yeah. So like the kids are like, yeah, we orphaned ourselves. And she was like, no, you didn't. You have parents. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, and she's like, where'd you get that idea? They're like, oh, because we found an orphan and we gave it to a, we took it to this great home and they show, she's like, there was a baby? Show me the baby. Um, and so they take it to the candy factory and she's like, this is a terrible place for a baby. Uh, she confronts uh, Colonel, uh, Commander Malinoff mm-hmm. uh, and she's like, this baby can't stay here. And then then starts the really like heavy influence of like, the blended family finding parents who actually love you regardless sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like the right parents are out there for you sort of thing. Uh, how did you feel about like, cause I felt like this could have easily sipped into super didactic land. And I thought mm-hmm. that it wasn't like it, they just allowed the moment to be sweet without it like being saccharine. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I, I, I was expecting that out of this movie too. I was expecting this moment for, for this movie to sort of speak its subtext, so to speak, you know what I mean? And like sort of yeah. tell us exactly, you know, and, and which there's and, a moment near the end where it does and you're like, okay. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, at, at this moment in particular, I just I don't know, I, I felt the movie, for the most part, kind of kind of played it uh, uh, sort of above the surface. Um 
with all this kind of stuff. I don't know. It, it the plot just kind of it, it was what it was, you know, and and it didn't really like for me. It didn't really, you know, go to these emotional depths that it could have for better or for worse. It didn't really, you know, challenge anything. I mean, it was, it was, it just, it served its purpose. Yeah, I can see that. But I think that like the, the plot being, uh, I thought that the pol- the plot was as shallow as a baking pan, right? Yeah, but it's stretched for miles. And what I mean by that is, while while it might be really thin, that it still held a lot under the surface that maybe a lot of people don't see. Because I think that mm-hmm. the the uh, as we were watching it, my husband he was like, "This doesn't shine a very good light on child protective services," uh, because there's a there's a whole thing where. Um, the parents at one point in time they say, "Oh, we can't adventure anymore because we're out of money." And the mother's like, "But how do we get more money?" And they're like, "Well, we sell the house." Well, we can't sell the house if we have the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're like, "Why not?" <laughs> Which is super messed yeah. up. Right. So they text the nanny and they said, "We're selling the house. Uh, do whatever you want with the kids." And she says, "I'll take care of the kids." In our heads, in our dull heads, she means like, "Okay, I'm going to make sure that they're okay." But uh, the kids take it as Tim Timothy. He takes it as like mm-hmm. I'm going to take care of them, like evil, yeah, because yeah. it's a text from their parents. Uh, right. And so he calls orphan services and says, "I want to report a bad nanny," and and they're getting separated. And the way orphan services rolls in there and separates the kids, and it's really cold and um, and like systematic manner for what they say is best for the kid. Uh, mm-hmm. It is in stark contradiction to this this guy who runs a candy factory who has a baby eating nothing but candy, but he wants to try, right? Like he's like, I'm constantly messing up, and this isn't the this this might not be the safest environment for the kid, but I'm giving it as much love and care as I can, and I'll learn learn along the way. And so I think that there's a lot of conversations to be had about children in the system, the way children uh, love is perceived for these children, the way that they uh, find homes, the fact that there are people out there who want them, even though they feel like they're not wanted. Uh, and mm-hmm. and um, so full disclosure, when we first moved up here, we were working through the uh, adoption system to try to get certified to be adopted and all sort of stuff that stuff fell through because a it's it's really hard to actually go through that and get approved uh and it could be like an agency decision for whatever reason right um Mm -hmm. but uh like we know friends who have been through it and they got certified and they've had people they've had kids in their house for for months and then they just gets gets get taken away and like it's really heartbreaking for them and stuff like that but there is this um there's always this thing there where in training they tell us be prepared for these kids to act x y and z act out in these ways and be negative in these ways because of the trauma that they have and this almost seemed like an orphan services who were like to make sure that we uh that we forego any of these bad experiences. We're just going to pull these kids and put them in what we think they need. Right. Uh, like Jane goes to a music loving house uh, and they like, this will be perfect for her. The, the, the orphans, uh, I mean, the, the twins go to a tech loving house. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're super smart and like, it doesn't really like, yes, they love the internet, but it doesn't really do anything for them because the parents are still absent in that way. 
right. and then t- Tim. I thought that this was a really smart way of displaying the the theme without saying it. Tim, uh, he gets passed from family to family to family because he keeps running away. And each family that they that he's in the car with, one is uh, a heteronormative. Uh, mother, father with no kids. The next one are these two, uh, these two uh, people of color. These two men of color with two other kids with Tim in the middle. And then there's a single mom with like a bunch of kids with Tim in the back. And I like the way that they showed that. Like these are all families, and they're all like worthy of recognizing as families. Uh, and that's when I was like, okay, this is what this movie is trying to do. Like, how how do kids uh, who don't have great parents find family again. I think that the issue is that while the comedy was great, I almost feel like that message was buried so far deep in there. And so like so much on the back half of the second act that by the time it comes in, you're like, Oh, that's what this is about. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, on that, I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, you know, the, the, this moment where the kids get sort of separate. If, if, if that's what the movie was trying to, trying to get at, I, I feel like they should have separated the kids a lot earlier and then have that be the movie. It's like, you know, I, I think this moment we're showing where the, where the kids went and like breaking them up. It doesn't really last that long. And, and it's more so played up for, for, uh, a little bit, a little bit, uh, a comedic effect with with Tim's whole like you know it has the rule of threes right with comedy. It's like oh this family, and then you got that family and that family. Um, but it just serves as that obligatory you know se- separation moment between between these characters. And we do get we do get a major plot point that the nanny was an orphan, and so that's why she feels so drawn to like helping kids and making sure yeah. that the kids have homes. Yeah, no, we get that, we get that, and I mean you know a rule of 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 screenwriting and, and one thing that, that I, that I teach and, and, and one thing that, that we go through with the scripts that we doctor and stuff. It's like, you know, screenwriting, you're, you're in a race with yourself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you, 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 how can I get to this moment as quickly as possible, but still have it carry like enough weight. Um, and I didn't really know what moment this movie was trying to get at, but then again, it is, it is a, it is a movie designed for, for kids and, and in, in, in that respect, so maybe they're not too concerned with it. And, I know and again, exactly I what Mama no... was trying to get at. What's that? It's it's near the end, but we'll get there. Like yeah. I think that there's one moment where I was like, "Oh, this is what the payoff was," and I felt like the payoff worked. Um, it wasn't the like most profound thing. I feel like it's a payoff I have seen before, mm-hmm. but I also feel like it's a payoff that still works. Like you know, sometimes tropes work because they work. Um, right. But uh, the the whole the whole nanny thing that's when things started to get like a little cloudy. No, like like I want to say from the jump that while the plot might have had some issues, right? Uh, that the comedy was consistent, that the that the action was great, that the slapstick was always there, and that like it all felt grounded in this whimsical world where I'm like I I can buy that these things are happening to some degree, right? Um, and. Uh, I thought that the, the writing is super smart in this movie. Like it's 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 it's. Uh, I I was telling Jordan before we started recording that I, this I felt like this is like British comedy level smart writing, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, it's it's quippy, uh, it's it's evasive, it's uh, it's um, it, like the the corners turn really quick. 
Uh, it does callbacks in a really smart way. It doesn't always link to the rule of three, which I always like when comics just like, no, this can, this can live only here once. And like, um, I feel like the the characterization of uh, the kids stayed consistently strong. And I love Tim's uh, vocabulary through the whole entire thing. Like he's this kid who feels like he's above it all and the way he talks is like he's above it all but he knows nothing i i, I don't know I, I just thought all that stuff was really strong um yeah but i liked i liked most of what we got yeah yeah i mean you know it uh it was it was it was good you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that this movie is 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 bad by any means. I mean, because there are way worse movies out there. But I, I you know, it, it didn't it didn't reach the levels that I think I wanted it to. But it it, it held it held my kids' attention. You know, so yeah. There's that, um, and it was yeah. funny and stuff. So um, let's talk about uh, near the climax, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Let's so, get there. So so the whole entire thing is that the orphan services will continue to keep the kids separate until they prove that they have parents. Uh, they find mm-hmm. out that their parents are still alive. So they're like, oh, there's only one place left where our parents are going. They're going to Switzerland, which is yeah. a joke on, on Switzerland. And they're yeah. going to climb the unclimbable Alps. And they're, and the whole entire thing is they're like, what goes up the Alps never comes down. Uh, so they're like, if nothing else, there is going to be death for our parents when they go to the Alps and uh, – yeah, and so they, they know that their parents are going there. So they go back to the candy place with the nanny, who the nanny busts them all out, right? Uh, and, and like, this, these, the, the, the Tim hijink scene was pretty funny. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you also find out that, no, the nanny did not work for orphan services. I'm wrong. She was just an orphan. Right. Uh, uh, but they go to uh, Commander, Commander Melanoff's factory. They build this giant airship out of candy. Uh, which I was like, okay, you kind of stretched the rules of the world for me, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> and then it's powered by rainbows, which I was like, okay. And this actually, the next like five minutes of this movie is when I was like, I don't need this. Um, which, oh, what, oh, whenever they go, whenever they travel after they built, the yeah, 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 yeah. That's when I was like, okay, you're just showing off how pretty you can make things, which I didn't mind. But as far as like story purposes go, I was like. You could have, this could have been used to, to create some more emotional sort of something. But yeah. the big thing is that they leave the nanny and Commander and Ruth at the candy factory because they see them all together and they're like, they're a family. We don't need to bring them into our family business, right? Right. Uh, and I was like, okay, that's sweet. So they go off uh, without them and they go to the Alps and they find their parents by following the yarn from the mother and they they rescue their parents and they have these heat guns and the parents are covered in snow and you and because the, the parents realize that they're about to die and everything like that and then the kids confess to everything they say we sent you on the trip we wanted you to die so that way we could be orphans but uh and tim says you don't have to love us but we need you to be there for us so that way we can be together yeah and then and then the which mom, i was just like oh god bless like can you imagine a kid coming up to you and be like yo dad mm-hmm. you don't have to like me but i need you to show up so i can eat yeah yeah well and also so that they can all you know it's it's that it's that sibling love you know what i mean it's like they they all wanted to stay together and and i don't i don't know the 
the exact reasons why. I don't know the ins and outs of the of the foster system. Um, but they separate all too often. Siblings get separated. You know, um, it's a couple and, things because like. Uh, Foster parents will say, I will take one kid. Sometimes they'll say, I'll take a sibling set, right? Mm -hmm. But they'll say, I'll take one kid. Or maybe one kid uh, is showing destructive behavior or some sort of behavior that is that they feel is like too dangerous for for one family to take on, like both of them at the same time. Right. Say there's some sort of behavior that they deem is being... Um, is being exasperated by the presence of their sibling or something like that. Like they separate them for a thousand reasons and sometimes it can make things worse. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it makes things better. Uh, but uh, a lot of times things are absolutely separate and they'll, they'll even be on different timetables. Like I have a friend who he has these two who are brothers, uh, but they couldn't even adopt them on the same day. So they were like afraid that they would lose one before after they adopted the the older brother, they were afraid that they were going to lose the younger brother. Like it's just it's all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but so, they got them both, so that's good. Yeah, no, that that, that is good. Um, but yeah, but I th you know just just Tim and 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 you know um, Jane and then the, and the Barnaby sort of realizing like no, we all need to stay together. Like we'll do whatever it takes, right, for us to for us to be together, even if that means living with these piece of shit ass parents we got. And then Helga sort of has this, this, you think anyway, she has this realization like, Oh, she says we can do better. Yeah. yeah. But then it's, it's back to their old tricks, man. You know, which I thought was cool. So they walk up like they're going to hug the kids and then they shove the kids out the way and then run mm -hmm. to their airship and then steal it. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they run to this air, this, this candy airship, you know what I mean? Hop inside that, steal it. They're shaking their laffy taffy all over the place. And, uh, and they end up, um, puncturing it on on uh like an ice an icicle or something like that um and then it kind of like balloons its ass to you know god oblivion knows yeah yeah and the kids uh, are like oh they're actually dead now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh and then one thing leads to another and then they end up getting adopted by uh by the nanny and uh and uh you just like blew through the point <laughs> One you said, leads hey. to another shit like you said that. there's there's this emotional moment but i'm just gonna ramp yeah, through it so there's yeah. this moment where they're like we follow the yarn up we can follow the yarn down right. tim like the tim tries to follow the yarn the yarn breaks the barnabies are trying to uh keep each other warm with their heat guns the heat guns freeze there's the barnabies there's this little gag where uh, the mother only made one sweater for both kids, so they keep switching the sweater back and forth to keep each mm -hmm. other warm. At one point in time, the sweater breaks because it's so cold because they're at the top of the mountain. And this whole entire movie, Jane has been like singing this melody. She's been trying to sing the song that no one will like let her finish for whatever reason. Um, but she realizes, like, hey, there's no, there's no getting out of this by ourselves. So. If we say that we need each other, we need each other. And she sings the song, and it's a it's a pretty song. It's a it's a beautiful song. It reminded me of a song that like a twelve year old will sing at some uh, recital. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I was like, and, and parents will cry, and it'll be it'll be cute and stuff like that. But like, yeah, I think it goes. Hang on, let me. It goes. It goes. One thing leads to another. 
One thing leads to another. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> One thing leads to another. I get your point. I get your point. But emotion, 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 or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's very it's very trite. Uh, let's put a musical moment in here to tug at heartstrings because music is powerful, sort of thing. But there's this really great moment where. Like, they all hear each other. They all hug around each other. And then as the snow is piling up and they look like they're about to succumb to the cold, what does Tim say? Because this is what got me. What does Tim say? He says, thank you. Mm. And I was Mm. just like, fuck me. Mm. (laughs) So he says, thank you, right? And uh, and you think they're about to die, but of course, um, they can't die because it's a kid's movie. Um. How and fucked then, up would that have been if they did die, though? Like, just credits. I Well, you know, and then they would have shown them in heaven together or something messed up like that. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Uh, but but then Commander Malinoff and Nanny show up with Ruth because and, and, they're like, Ruth heard your song. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's she when I was like, her- oh, okay. She heard her feeble ass singing, you know. <laughs> yeah, the baby pointed the way. Um, <laughs> this ain't baby sound can't... of music. You ain't hearing that across the Alps, you know. No, you're not. Uh, but they they save them, and then they're all like, "Well, where are your parents are like our parents are gone, like they're for real gone this time." And they're like, "Okay, well, uh, you still have parents." Uh, will be your parents. And the Barnabys are like, oh, "You'll be our parents, mother." At the same time, and it was cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing leads to another. I actually think that is the... I, <laughs> One I th- thing leads to another. Yeah. I'm upset because I think that that might actually be where she's... Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so she... So they all become one big happy family. Near the end of the movie, everyone's happy... Uh, the parents do end up dying. They end up getting eaten by a shark, but it cuts to black right before you see that happen, which yeah. is fine. Uh, and I think that overall, this movie—I'd give this movie a B, like a B minus. No, you switching up the rating system there, but I'm just saying, like, if. if Look, my my arbitrary rating system at the end is arbitrary, but <laughs> but I, I mean, as far as like it's gonna be, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what's gonna be, but like as far as like where it lands, I think you're right that it's good, right? It's not like the best. Yeah. It's it's not it's not the best kids movie. I think that it does break some ground in the way that like the writing is super tight. The writing, like the comedic writing in this is incredibly strong, especially for such a thin plot. And so mm-hmm. much of this movie is propelled by the comedy as opposed to the plot, which right. uh, almost felt a little, um, what's the best way to say this? Like comedy central storytelling-esque, right? Like there's a super mm-hmm. thin plot, but the thing that gets you through the 30 minutes is like, it's funny. It's just funny right. the whole time. Right. Right. And I felt like, I thought, I felt like it was really, really funny most of the time, especially uh, Walter and Helga. Martin Short did a damn good job. No, he totally did, man. I mean, you know, uh, really funny, great voice cast. I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard to like knock a movie like this, you know, really hard. Uh, but as far as 
you know, the, the, the story beats that, that, that it's going for and, 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 you know, the emotional relevance that it's trying to, trying to get at. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was, it was good. You know what I mean? I, I think there are movies that sort of um, depict the idea of, of found family uh, or, or, you know, a, a, a created family uh, a little bit more and a little bit better than this one. Um, but as someone who was adopted um, and as someone who, you know, just to give you all a little bit, you know, backstories, how I, I, you know, watching this movie, like, you know, so I, I have... I was adopted by my, uh, by my stepfather. Um, and my, I, I have, I have history in, in, in my family of, of, of orphans and, and people who were adopted. So like, you know, this whole idea of like found family and, and, and built family. Right. Um, my first tattoo was the uh, Mandalorian skull, uh, years and years ago, uh, because the Mandalorian, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the Mandalorians, uh, for you know, for 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 uh, you who for for the uninitiated, uh, the Mandalorians. It's a Star Wars thing, but the Mandalorians are a race of people who uh, are all considered family, uh, but they're from different planets, different species, and shit like that. And their mantra is "family is more than bloodline." And as someone who grew up, you know, sort of with that experience, um, you know, it it it. it that idea of found family in any movie that portrays that idea has always resonated with me. So I appreciate this movie for that. Um, but yeah, as far as just the story and, and everything else, it's, 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 it's good. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not great. You know what I mean? It's not bad by any means, but it's just kind of, it's just kind of there and it, and it looks pretty while being there, you know? I, but I also think that it is, because I, I I want to defend it past it's good enough to see does that make sense like I think that it should be watched I think yes. that I, I think that the performances are good enough for you to, to sit through it and like be like okay this the story didn't do much for me but they did a really good job doing it what it reminds me of it reminds me of watching like a performance of Romeo and Juliet, bear with me, right? What uh, the fuck? Bear with me. I said, fu- I, didn't I say I bear with me before? I hear, no. <laughs> okay. Yo, yo, your ass went on the defense real quick. <laughs> Told you to bear with me. Ask for a favor. You slapped me in the face. That's cool. <laughs> what I mean by that is okay. if, when I go see Romeo and Juliet now, I'm not getting anything mm-hmm. new out of it because mm-hmm. I've seen Romeo and Juliet like five times, mm. right? Like, right. there's nothing about the story of Romeo and Juliet that's going to pull me in. But the thing that's going to sell a Romeo and Juliet to me is the is the performances, right? This is solid enough to where I'm like, watch it, if anything, for the performances and for the animation for the and for the way that they move through the movie. Not so much for the, the content of the... Does that make sense? Like... Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I, I'm not going to... I'm not going to seek out a Romeo and Juliet and someone says, no, this dude's Tybalt is on point. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go see the Tybalt, right? Uh, it's that sort of thing for me. Right. No, I, uh, yeah, no, I can see where you're, where, you're, where you're getting at with that. I mean, there were definitely moments in this movie where, like, 
Kim and I were were laughing and and unexpectedly. Know. I think that's the thing. Yeah. Like it, the laughs actually come really unexpected. Mm. There's this moment where they're burning these, um, where the 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 mother's yarn balls catch fire, right? right? And she's like, "My balls are on fire." He's like, "You burned your mother's balls," and for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Martin Short's delivery of that, because that line yeah. could have been so corny and flat, but Martin Short's delivery of that was brilliant. Right. No, for sure. And, and you know, Kim and I are laughing and, like, the kids aren't laughing. You know what I mean? So there, there was plenty of that. There was, there was definitely a disconnect there. Like, what I love – when I when we watch family movies together and these kids' movies together, we love whenever we're all laughing at the same thing. You know what I mean? And, mm. and it's, it's a shared experience. And I just didn't think this movie gave that shared experience, you know, for a, for a Because the movie. things that were for kids were for kids and the things that were for adults were definitely – like I can see what you mean. Like the chasm between the two was yeah. so big yeah. because that's that splatter sound as Timothy is born – only adults will be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and every time Ricky Gervais, I will say, I love, I love the fact that this movie has introduced uh, uh, my kids to Ricky Gervais. You know what I mean? I'm all for like people's endpoint and like you know kids' endpoint with with stuff that like you know. And 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 we've talked about Star Wars a couple times on 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 this episode, but I'll go ahead and talk about it again. I mean, you know, you you look at these these newer. Uh, the newer trilogy, right? I mean, you know, Star Wars, I'm going to say right now, like Star Wars is for kids. It's a kid's franchise. You know what I mean? Like at least the mainline movies are every generation has the trilogy that they grew up with, you know, so far. Can we give Um, ours back? (laughs) Well, no, we can't. That's, you gotta, you know, you gotta hate, hate on the, on the prequel trilogy all you want. But like, that was our, that that was our trilogy, you know, it was garbage is what it was, (laughs) but it, 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 it provides an endpoint. You know what I mean? So like all the kids who grew up with, with the sequel trilogy can then now go back and watch, right. Their parents, star Wars or their grandparents, star Wars, whatever the case may be. And, and, and I, I'm not trying to compare Ricky Gervais to, to star Wars, but you know, uh, whenever the kids get a little bit older, well then they can watch some Ricky Gervais stuff and be like, Oh, he he voiced that cat in that movie. I like, cause like my daughter does like this movie a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, just for its, you know, for its visuals. And yeah, some stuff goes over her head, but I mean, it, 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 it for some reason, man, she's she's really into it, um, and it'll at least provide that sort of you know endpoint for her to then explore some more Ricky Gervais stuff down the line, and that 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 I think is the hidden gem with a lot of these movies, right? Where it's like if you get and, and like Martin Short, you know what I mean? For example, um, you know people will always associate, or you know the kids these days are going to associate some of these voices and some of these actors with this movie or like movies like it. And then go back and explore their older stuff. So I can yeah. appreciate it for that. Yeah, it is always uh, interesting to see what the point of introduction is for kids, especially because, like, uh, for me, uh, Chris Evans, his introduction to me was not another teen movie. Yeah, right? <laughs> me too. Me too. When, when he comes out with that whipped cream bikini. Dude, real quick, real quick. So so for those of you who don't know, like, and this has nothing to do with the movie we were talking about, but you said that. So my dad... Um, uh, you know, obviously, you know, he, he was my stepdad, but now he, you know, he's, he's adopted me and stuff. And then I, you know, took on his last name. Um, so that moment in, in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, whenever Yondu is like, he might be your father, but he ain't your daddy. I cry every time. 
when that line is, is, is spoken, you know, cause that's definitely my experience, but we went and saw uh varsity blues together. You know what I mean? Getting mm-hmm. my dad to go to a movie is, it was like pulling teeth, but uh, he heard about this movie, he heard about the whipped cream bikini part, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, but my dad falls asleep. If he ain't into it, he falls asleep, you know? And he fell asleep while watching varsity blues in the theater. And like, he woke up at the end credits and he was so mad that he missed the whipped cream bikini part. Like, like driving home, he was like, I can't fucking believe you let me fall asleep. Like, that was the one <laughs> moment, you know? <laughs> so, but yeah. Uh, no, that, you know, I, I cry in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 as well. Which part? That funeral, man. Fuck, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh, they loved him so much. Yond- Yondu's a G, man. Like, uh, that, 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 that dude is... Uh, and, he and may Michael be your Rooker. father, but he ain't your daddy. That is when when that was said, it would like it hit me so like I'd never had a move as as people right who who look to movies and and TV and books and stuff as sort of a way to like relate to our own experiences. You know what I mean? Right. I'd never had a a, a a you know a film, book, TV show, a video game, anything like that speak to me on that level regarding that aspect of my of my life. And it's so pointed too, right? It's just like this yeah. is it. Yeah, yeah, hit it hit, and and that again goes to in regards to this movie. You know what I mean? Like I I I appreciate any sort of movie, especially a kids movie, that sort of deals with this blended family, right? Found family, created family, sort of thing. Um, because in this day and age, man, I mean, you know, people come from all different walks, and and this this idea of the nuclear family. Um, is 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 dissipating? You know what I mean? And and uh, yeah, not to say it's a bad thing, but to say that no, it, no, it, no. It, to say that like it, it is necessary for you to normalize all family experiences. So that way, people aren't growing up with these like complexes around like what does my family look like and what yes. and how does it apply to me? Now, yes. I, I do have a question for you. Are you are you advocating for? Do you think that this movie would have would have um, benefited from a really didactic and pointed line like that right kind of like kind of like in in um in lilo and stitch when lilo when lilo, uh, when stitch says mm-hmm. ohanami ohana means family this family is broken but still good right yeah yeah um i'm gonna go ahead and say yes i i i do think that i i think because then a line like that or a, or a scene like that a moment like that would have allowed this movie to lean into the fable aspect um, and then mm. would have would have given, you know, the the younger audiences a reason to to remember this movie. You know, we look at the movies we grew up with as kids, you know what I mean? And they all had those lines, those moments, those really pointed, clear, overt scenes. And then we remember those, you know, Um so yeah, I, I I think so. I just think this movie was trying to play both sides, and it kind of played both sides uh, in a half-assed way. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. I I can't think of a line that like that was said that has emotional weight outside of thank you, but that right. but the thank you only works within the context of that scene, right? Mm-hmm. And and the hour before and the hour and fifteen minutes before it, right, leading up to that. But what is the line? Like, right. what is the moment? 
like for Inside Out, like I know I keep referencing Inside Out, but like when Bing Bong says, take her to the moon for me, that's the Mm -hmm. line that you're like, God damn, that's what gets you. It's that line, take her to the moon for me. So there is, there is not that one like gut punch, which kids movies can have. Yeah. And I think kids movies like this should have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, real quick on the bing bong thing. I have this coffee mug that says writer's block colon when your imaginary friends stop talking to you. And I'm like, bing bong. No, you know, but, um, <laughs> that's, that's, but yeah, no, I agree. And, and this, this might be an unpopular opinion, uh, TJ. Uh, but I think there's a, there's a manner, there's a level of Aristotelian thought that I think kids movies need to follow. You know, Aristotle's all like, you know, theater should and, and poetry and all this sort of shit should right. educate and entertain. Um, best think, media always does yeah and and I think that with, especially with stuff like this man there needed to be that line there needed to be that moment um, where it's like hey man we're because the movie's so clear in its portrayal of this blended family of this you know adopted family whatever the case may be normalizing it giving us the, you know we, we, we talked about Mrs. Doubtfire you know uh, uh, you know, in our, in our, uh, uh, Sonic episode. Um, and you know, that movie, you talk about didactic, you know, statements and moments, the, 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 the last lines of that movie, you know what I mean? Were very much for the people who grew up in broken families, you know what I mean? Or broken households and, you know, separated families, whatever the case may be. Yeah, because doesn't even say like if you have two mommies, two daddies. Like he just yeah, goes through the list. It's yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. And and being someone you know who who went through that as you know, and anyone who was, it was just like that movie spoke to us. Do you know what I mean? Right. And um, us children of divorce were all like, yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. And and I felt this movie could 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 have done with that. I don't know. We might be we might be expecting too much out of this. We might be asking too much out of it. But, but you know, I don't think it. I don't think it is asking too much for it because I think that the movie hits on so many levels Mm -hmm. that the only place it doesn't hit is that emotion because i think i honestly think that this is one of the wittier kids movies i've seen in a long time this is one of the wittier movies i've seen in a long time yeah no it is it is like like hands down like just it's one of the wittier movies like as much as i love pixar and stuff like that i think that this is wittier than most pixar things that i see Mm -hmm. Uh, i think that the wit is sharp and that i just I'm, i'm with you i think that the emotion should have been as sharp as sharp yep yep um as far as my scale yeah give us give us your scale kid what do you got i i give it um 13 nanny cups (laughs) (laughs) all right as you watch the movie people you'll understand 13 nanny cups out of let's say uh 18 13 out of 18 nanny cups so it's still up there but it's not an 18 nanny cups Right on, right on. Okay, yeah. No, I give it, I give it twenty five uh, uh, red ass mustaches. Um, Out of how many mustaches, though? There's a long line, dude. Uh, I don't know. True. Yeah, there's 20, hundreds of mustaches. Yeah, yeah. Um, would I watch it again with the kids? Yeah, I think because this movie does a good job of like maybe introducing things. Like you know, you'll catch stuff again the second, third time around watching it. Yeah, I think I'd watch it again because I, I know I didn't catch all the jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, um, not the greatest, not the worst by any means. Uh, it's just 
it's just good. I will say that I, I, I hope that people watch this enough to garner um, um, more movies like this. You know what I mean? More sort of off-filter oh, yeah. uh, kind of stories and stuff. I hope Netflix continues this, uh, you know, because uh, we, we, there's so many Netflix original movies and shows and stuff geared towards like, you know, adults and things like that. I hope they, they continue with the kids stuff um, just because I, 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 th- I think, you know, they'll, they'll get their – Eventually, I hope they continue with quality kid kid stuff. Mm, yeah, yeah, quality kid stuff because they have the whole kids Netflix thing with you know they're pulling from a lot of things. But right, uh, no, I mean have, yeah, no, I mean like 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 kid stuff where it's like you you're they're pulling a voice cast like this, you know what I mean? They're pulling production value like this, stuff like that. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, do you got anything else to say about the Willoughby's? Uh, no. No. Uh, on that note, thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Grown Man Watch Kids Shit. As always, hit us up on the Instagram. Hit us up on the Facebook. Send us an email at grownmanwks at gmail.com. Please leave us a voicemail in the show notes. You can find it below. Uh, If you haven't had a chance... Uh, I want you guys, if you have Twitter, I want you guys to follow uh, our amazing uh, music man, MPC. Uh, his Twitter is MPC Music. Uh, mm-hmm. Follow him up. Uh, and then you can say, hey, TJ sent me. And uh, it will fill his heart with joy. Yes. And uh, and he has, uh, he did, the, he does the outro music too. He hooked us up with it. And uh, he's he's great. He's mm-hmm. he's a great person. And yeah, no, um, he is. And, and 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 thank you. Thank you so much. And 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 while we're making shout outs, TJ, can can I can I can I uh, borrow the floor uh for a second? <laughs> Boy, uh, you can so- <laughs> have the flow, you can burn it down. This is your flow. Do what you yeah, want. No. Yeah. Uh, I just want to for for any any horror fans out there, um, there's a, a solid podcast, one of my favorite podcasts out there right now, uh, the the Grave Talk podcast. Uh, yes, Grave by, Talk. Yes, Give me that yes, Grave Talk. Yes, hosted by our friends uh, Mark, John, and Garrett. Uh, really solid podcast. Really funny guys. Really really uh, stand up dudes. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and give them a subscribe and, and, and listen to what they got going on. They, you know, the great thing about that podcast is I'm not a huge horror movie fan, as you mm-hmm. know, Jordan. You have mm-hmm. to, People usually have to be like, no, for real, watch this horror movie. But I can feel like I can, I've can i seen all these horror movies without seeing them. And I yeah. can go in and I can have an intelligent conversation about them. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. also it demystifies a lot of it for me. So I'm like, okay, I can sit down and watch this movie now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's great. As a horror fan, I love it. I know plenty of people listen to it that aren't horror fans or that aren't, that aren't, aren't as into the genre. Uh, it's a real fun podcast. You all should check it out. We're trying to look out for our friends and stuff like that. You know what I mean? For show, for show. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, Jordan has an episode on there, so y'all can find it. He runs a, a, a slightly altered D and D campaign, <laughs> Very, to the best of my ability. But yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, no. Thank y'all so much. All the love and support. Everything that 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 uh, you know that this podcast started out as as a as a you know humble idea between two best friends, and it you know became what what it's been and it and it's it's all because of y'all so thank y'all so much yes thank you mm-hmm. i appreciate it this is my appreciative appreciate boy <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that note uh you guys of course be good to each other stay crispy uh 
Yes, stay uh, crispy. Stay the crispiest. The crispiest. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we will catch you guys next week. Yep. Can't wait. You also can't wait for I can't wait to listen to that Russian unicorn again, son. Oh, I'm Jesus gonna, Christ. Dude, like, <laughs> Oh, well, the night is young now, baby. We can shoot her. I can't stop. This whole podcast, I've been singing it in my head. Can we talk you know? about how we just need to cut you an album? Because you are laying down the <laughs> vocals tonight. Like, I don't know what it no, is. No. But dude, that, that whiskey it. got you singing. <laughs> it's the. <laughs> swing low, sweet chill. Yeah, no, I said to bust out the Negro Scriptures. No, no, no. Grown Men Watch Kid Shit is a Moon Street Media podcast. Intro and outro music was created by MPC. We are proud members of the Outlet Productions Podcast Network. Want to find us online? Check out our social media links in the show notes.